of the Pure Speculation Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Hayes, joined in studio by my co-host, Phil Hayes. And today, our headline is New Threat to the Economy. Americans are saving like it's the 1980s. So we're going to save like it's 1989. <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't say that in the headline. But this was actually published by May tw- uh, by CNN.com on May 12th. Uh, it was uh, originally posted by a reporter named Matt Egan of CNN Business. And some of the key points that uh, we wanted to take away from this, um, we'll just go over it brief- briefly before we get into the discussion here. Uh, U.S. credit card debt... Uh, reversed in March and fell by the largest percentage in 30 years. Saving Savings rates have climbed. People are still fearing COVID, causing people to hold back. And I'm wondering, is that fear warranted? We'll get into that a little bit here, Phil. Um, economists warn that after the stay-at-home orders are lifted, many Americans won't spend nearly as aggressively as people are anticipating. And if anybody knows in a consumer-based economy, that is not good. So Phil, let's just start off from the top there. U.S. Card, uh, credit card debt being reversed. Like This is the opposite of what we have been talking yeah, right. about. We're, we're thinking that people are, are irresponsible, but uh, it looks like they're using this as an opportunity to pay off some credit card debt here. Yeah. And I think the uh, last podcast, that's kind of what I said is like people that I've talked to at least have said that they're saving as much as possible. I know right now we are, and I I will admit me and my wife, we're not great at saving money. We're not usually, um, very good, but ever since this has come up, I mean, we've been saving like crazy. So just a matter of being a saver, but not you, you don't necessarily have to be a saver, but I want to know, were you a spender? Were you out there racking up credit card debt? Do you guys have a high credit card bill? No. Every month? Nope. We don't. I honestly, uh, my wife has no credit card debt at all, and I think I have about 500 bucks on one card, and that's all the credit card debt that we have at this point. So it sounds like you're in the uh, the the spectrum of people who are, uh, that I would say that's not normal. No, and I, I was in credit card debt problems. I, I had credit card debt problems years back. I mean, I would say probably five or six years ago, it happened to me one time where I got in pretty deep, where I was... Uh, probably about eight grand in oh, credit wow. card debt. Was that one of those they they set you up with the the introductory rates and then they they kind of bamboozled yeah. you? You bought your it wasn't it well, a computer? No, it what it was was we had just bought our first house and we needed to fill that first house, so we didn't have the money for it at the time, and um, we just decided I put uh you know TVs and things like that computer. And I got into some pretty nasty credit card debt, and that will never happen to me again. What interest rate were you paying on that credit card? It was high. I know because it was a couple different cards, and they were all department store credit cards. So you're talking like, I think- They don't have very good rates on those. The first six months, 12 months, they're great because they don't don't charge you any interest on those. Exactly. That's how they get you. And if you're not careful, the second that that uh, 12 months is up- (laughs) If you don't pay off the balance, 
you have to go back and pay all the interest. Yeah, that 12 months that was same as cash is not anymore. And right. I learned that the hard way. So you missed that payment, you're saying. You, yes. you got, so yeah. you got hit with all those, uh, the, the previous year's worth of yeah. uh, interest. And, and that's I, how so many people get into that, uh, that, that struggle because they're getting hit with this stuff and they don't fully understand what they're getting into. You're entering into a contract at that point. Um, and I think people are starting to wake up a little bit and realize that yes, you're, you're, you have every opportunity to purchase things, to go out and spend and use that money on that credit card. But this is, if you can't pay that off, it's going to come at a cost and that cost is not what the original dollar amount was. No. So that's a, you know, when we see that the credit card debt is going down and the savings rates are going up, I look at, at that and I say, that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's not. And that I think people are really taking this seriously and they, they know people are afraid. They're afraid that they're going to lose their job and that it, and it's a, it, it is a fear that should be there. Yeah. And they're afraid of the uncertainty right now. And when you start really breaking it down, um, because we'll go, let's go into some of the numbers that, uh, this article had kind of provided for us here. Um, so 33 million Americans were filing for unemployment since, since mid-March. 14.7% was the unemployment rate in April. 21% is a rate of perceived probability of losing their job in the next uh, 12 months. So, Phil, that's where we talk about that um, uncertainty and that right. people aren't really knowing what's going to happen next. Uh, 47% there's a perceived probability of finding a job in the next three months if they lose theirs. So not very optimistic that if they do end up losing their job, that they're going to be able to bounce back and go get another one. That's something that's also going to uh, hinder people from spending more, uh, going out and maybe doing some of the projects that they were uh, wanting to do on a home. Or the other thing was... um, the, uh, the vacations that people were taking, yeah. they, those things just aren't coming available. And we'll touch on that in a little bit too, because there's some staggering figures, uh, from that article that talk about, um, the, the vacation, uh, spending, uh, which is just huge, yeah. uh, almost an 80% drop last month. That's scary. What people were spending on vacations. Um, and, and, you know, these are the kind of numbers when you start hearing these things, it would make sense to why people are doing this, right? It's yeah. not surprising to anybody, uh, except for the people who are uh, bankers and on Wall Street. They seem to be confused by this, and they, they right. can't comprehend why why people are pl- uh, playing out this doomsday scenario where, shocker, they actually have to save. Yeah, and it's it's pretty straightforward when you think about it. But the thing for me, is it because people are consciously saying, I'm going to save this money, or is it because places are closed. Like well, people that normally go to the movies, dinner and a movie, they can't do that right now. You can't go on vacation to most places because it's closed. That there's kind of unless you want to spend all your money on retail items online, what really is there to do? Well, there's a there's a little bit of that at play, Phil, I'm sure. You got to think that uh, if people have a large budget for entertainment, you know, this is, you know, concert tickets, right. uh movies, uh, just really uh, fuel. People are saving money because they're not spending it on fuel yeah. uh, to and from work. But uh, that can only last so long before people are like, wait a second, 
um, you know, I'm saving because I'm just thinking that the worst is going to happen. Right. I, I think some people, a little bit of that of it is that, but I want to know, are they saving their money in the right way? Are they just going and they, they're putting this money into uh, a savings account with low yield returns on their, yeah. their savings? Like, because that might not be the best thing to do right now. I don't think that's the way to save money. Just hoarding it is not going to be the thing that, uh, that, that really helps you during this time. Yes, it'll be a little bit of a safety net, but, um, you know, hoarding money, in my opinion, is not the greatest way to invest. Yeah. And see, I think that's the thing too, is though, I think a lot of people are afraid of, um, of investing their money right now also, because things are so up and down and there is that unknown that I think some people are afraid to get into the stock market and things like that right now. Well, I don't think it's necessary because yes, Phil, that is a risky thing to do. And I think the average person is very disconnected from anything that's happening on the stock market right now, as far as investing goes, even your casual investors, which I guess I would consider myself one. um, It's kind of a scary time to jump in right now because there were such strong uh, comebacks that the market saw. But I mean, I'm talking about little things like uh, uh, you know, starting your, your, your Roth IRA. Uh-huh. I, I, I put out a, uh, five minute speculation on strugglestate.com the other day where I recorded and I just kind of, uh, brought up that we are, we're so bad at, uh, saving for retirement because there's a lot of speculation out there right now saying that, Hey, we need to rely more on the government to help get us through uh, retirement age because we have shown that we're so bad at saving ourselves. But in reality, Phil, we should be doing those little things now, like starting the Roth IRA. If we do have that extra money, right? put it away a little bit. Yeah. It's not necessarily going to be there for that rainy day because you can't access it without penalty until at, after a certain age. But at the same time, it's a great tool to get you to the end game because that's what we're all trying to do. We're trying to get to that end game. And even if you put away Started with twenty five hundred bucks. You yeah. know what I mean? Think about it. Your stimulus check for most people was going to be twelve hundred dollars. Right. So now between that, any extra money for unemployment, it's not that hard to get to that dollar amount. No, it's really not. Um, do you have a Roth IRA? No. Why? Uh-uh. I don't. I don't know anything about them. <laughs> okay. Honestly. So that that you're you're you fall into that perfect category that I'm kind of talking about. Right. Um, because I think if we're if we're not using this time to educate ourselves a little bit. And we're saying, well, I'm not going to spend a lot of money, but I'm just going to pack it away over here. It's not really the best way to go forward. There's other things you can be doing, like spend this time to look into something like a Roth IRA. There's a lot of people who don't have any sort of retirement savings. Yeah, Look into that a little bit. I think that would be a perfect opportunity to look at it and say, at least I use this time wisely um, because the uncertainty is there. And I think a lot of people are going to be nervous as to how this plays out in the next few months. Yeah. Cause I think this is for maybe for a lot of people, this is the first time that they are actually thinking into the future. Um, because it's this pandemic, it's forcing people to most of the times, I think a lot of people out there just kind of, uh, you know, kind of go through the motions and things like that. And it's like, this is the first time that people have to look their future square in the face and say, how are things going to turn out? Yeah. And when, when you say how, how are things going to turn out? I think the biggest question mark in, in my opinion is that, you know, we're staying in this stalemate where if you know anything about, you know, the, the economy and you know, anything about, uh, uh, the way we act as consumers, 
what what isn't good for this economy? What's not good is for people not spending their money. Right. Now, I don't I think the problem is like we look at it and we say, I can save because the guy over there is going to spend his money. Yeah. Let let him fuel the economy. Let him stimulate the economy and spend his money on um uh, on a vacation or the plane tickets or something like that. But it can't work both ways. No. Um there has to be a balance. And I always like to say everything in moderation because you can spend but you have to do it responsibly. You have to right. know how that compares to what you're bringing in. Um, I'm not recommending that people go out and just spend willy nilly um, because I like the concept of saving. I think having that nest egg is important, but unfortunately the the economy that we've been living in for the last 15 years, ever since the internet has really blown up, since Amazon has become the behemoth that it's been, it's been buying shit that we don't need. Yeah. Isn't that most, how much shit do you actually need that you're ordering on a day-to-day basis. I don't know about you, but we end up with about, I'd say on average, three days a week, we're getting some sort of Amazon delivery, whether that's something for the kids, right. something for my wife, or something for me. Now, personally, I don't do a lot of that ordering. That's yeah, not me. me. Uh, but I understand that, you know. but I also don't order stuff for the kids. That's what my wife does. So half right. the time, I don't know what's coming in these boxes. And I think there are people who literally every day are getting packages like clockwork delivered to their house. Yeah. And I, I know actually somebody I talked to not long ago, um, one of their roommates, they were very surprised. It was a new roommate for him. And they said he gets Amazon boxes every other day, every day, few days a week. And that's something like for me, ever since the lockdowns come into place, like we, we do get, I'm seeing a lot more packages because like my wife's not going, instead of going out to bye bye baby for sure. the, for the kid, She's ordering it online. But other than that, we really aren't huge on like the online shopping. Do you, would you say that this is a legitimate threat to the economy that more people are kind of being apprehensive about their spending and they're, they're yes. cutting back a little bit? Yeah, I think it is because I think people, even after everything comes back up, I think everybody's going to be afraid. I know you, I, are you afraid of that? Not that people aren't going to be willing to spend no, like the way just they used you, to? just you personally. Like, are you going to go out and spend right when things come back? I mean, no, because I wasn't really a spender to begin with. I mean, I haven't right. really, we haven't halted anything that we've been talking about doing around our house. Um, you know, yard work, uh, we, we've taken some of that on ourselves, but you know, we're, we're still, you know, our deck needed to be redone. Yeah. Still pulled the trigger on that. Okay. Um, you know, and then we were looking at redoing some of the garage and, and making that into half of it into a workout area. So, I mean, I'm kind of at the point where I'm thinking, you know, just go for it. But at the same time, you know, our business was fortunate enough to get some of the, uh, uh, disaster relief money, which makes me think that there's a nest egg there for businesses to weather that. I'm not saying I'm spending that money on those kind of things, right? But what I'm saying is, for me personally, I know that our business can weather the storm a little bit here because of that. Um, so I'm optimistic for that reason, uh, but I do think there's going to be businesses and individuals that fall by the wayside as a result of this because they aren't. Uh, um, as solid as we might be and they're operating with different overhead or they're operating in a a different sector. Uh, So I think it is going to change the way our economy as a whole operates and as a a company that's really, really uh, deep into retail and uh, uh, consumer spending, 
it's not a good sign for the direction no. things are going in, but I think that's, it's going to be, I hate to use this term because it's everywhere now. I think that's kind of going to be a bit of our new normal yeah. and I'm actually okay with that. I don't, I, I was talking to a business owner today who had come in the shop and he said, you know what, if we just relied on our, our American made products, yeah. if we just decided for a year that we're not going to spend our money on crap and we're just going to focus on what we make here in the USA and really have that thought process moving forward, whether it be your vehicles, whether it be your apparel, whether it be anything, focus on that and see where that gets us after a year. Right. Yes, you might have to spend a little bit more, but if you don't buy as much stuff, that's okay. So I, I think we're I think we have to like use this as an excuse to kind of click over a little bit and, and say how do we rely on our our country more? How do we l- rely on the businesses that actually produce things here? Because really, that's what employs you. That's what employs me. That's what employs your neighbor. That that's what that's how we get by. And I'm okay yeah. with I, I'm okay with that. And, and it's not a a matter of like the isolationist, uh, concept of, of, uh, doing business. But I think that starts everywhere. Think of Amazon as, as China in that scenario. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get it. It's an American business, but like, what can you get done or buy in your own backyard? We've talked about that before. So I think, uh, this is all just a, a, a way of thinking and a way of doing things that's going to change. And I think our economy is going to change drastically as a result because they don't think we're going to be as consumer-based as a lot of the analysts were expecting things to be. Uh, it's not a matter of just flipping that switch and going back to the way things were. It's it, Things are different. Right. Everything has changed. And I think right now it sounds like it might be a hard shift to make at first. But if if you really commit to it, it will become that new normal. And I think it will be everybody will be better off for it. If we end up, if everybody gets on board with that and we don't have to rely on all these other countries to bring in products, I mean, it, it would make our economy so much better I'm, and safer. I'm, I'm just thinking that this is like a, this is a great opportunity to do that reset. Like, don't you want to be less of a consumer? Don't you yeah. want to like be less indoctrined by the concept of overconsumption and, right. and just like uh, be, be happy with less? possessions. I mean, I think we all kind of strive for that a little bit. Like how do we, we've seen, uh, movements that have been backed by that. Right. And I, I, I think that's just even more, uh, relevant in today's world than it's ever been before. Yeah. I tell you what, if, uh, if it wasn't for the wife and the kid, I, I would, uh, I'd live in a tiny house myself. I would <laughs> I know downgrade, you would. I would downgrade everything. I mean, to me it, it is, uh, there's everybody right now has so much stuff Stuff to me is like anything that you don't need that's laying around your house. There's so many things in my house that I haven't used for years. It's like, toss it. Yeah. Our houses are filled with it. I mean, and, and it just, uh, you know, and, and with kids, you only, you only end up with more of that kind of stuff, but I mean, Mm -hmm. do something for yourself and just, uh, you know, you know, trim that up a little bit and really look at what's important because there's no, anybody I know, at least anybody I know, they you are able to 
save or able to put your money into the right investments if you just try a little bit harder. Yeah. There you you cannot make the excuses that the money's not there or I don't have enough because I see the way you spend your money. Right. I'm seeing I'm watching you buy things that you don't need. Yeah. Um and and it's, you know, I get it. We all like stuff. But <laughs> yeah, everybody stuff does. ain't going to take care of you when you can't earn anymore. And, and a lot of us are getting to the point, whether by choice or not, where you may not be able to earn for a while. Right. Yeah. And that's a scary thought. I mean, and, and that's something where we really do, we need to become more self-sufficient and it all starts, it, it starts with yourself. Do little things. I know me and my wife have talked about like, maybe we need to put a little garden in or something. Yeah. There, there needs to be something in place to make sure that you're going to be okay if, if we get cut off. Everybody wants a garden right now. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that like the one thing that's on everybody's like uh, quarantine list? You know, everybody's yeah. baking bread right. and they want to start a, a vegetable garden, Yeah, which I, 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 I totally get it. I mean, I think right. it'd be great. It's, it's not, I don't think it's as easy as a lot of people are making it out no, to it be. No, it would be, it's tough. Um, but I think it's good to be self-reliant and who doesn't love some fresh vegetables? Right. Um, I, I think it's a great thing, but uh, that is the trend that I'm getting from this um, uh, uh, article here is that this new threat to the economy with everybody saving is not what Wall Street or the banks want to see right now. They Once want you spending, spent. you know? So, so that's, that's, I, I, like I said, I'm not against this concept. I think it's, it's, it's a threat in the temporary, but long-term, this is the kind of stuff we want to see. I mean, this is a lot of what we preach here with uh, strugglestate.com, that concept of like being in control of your own destiny. Do not rely on uh, uh, your, even your employer to get you through things. Don't get, don't rely on your government. Don't rely on your employer. Uh, you kind of have to get through it yourself. So don't look at it and say, well, I have to go out and spend because it's good for, for the economy. No, the economy will be just fine. As long as you're taking care of, make sure you are taking care of yourself and what you're going through because you may be forced into, uh, a position here where you don't know where that next paycheck is coming from. So they see it as a threat to the economy. I see it as the building blocks for something bigger down the road. Yeah. And I think it could be one of the best things that ends up coming out of all of this is is just people are getting hit in the face with reality. And the the fact that like you really can't rely on everybody else to help you. Cause I think that's kind of, it, it was so easy to just like go through the motions. I, it seems like everybody with their job and just life in general, you get stuck in a, you know, uh, almost like a hamster wheel. You're going round and round. It's the same thing every day. This is kind of shaking things up a little bit and it kind of makes you, it makes you think. Yeah. How are things going to look down the road? None of us know, but this is one of those lessons that you can take away from this. Be more self-reliant, save your money and do something that's going to better your future instead of something that's just going to better your now. Right. There's always going to be another now. Don't forget that. Right. There's always going to be another now. Look down the road and figure out what's best for you long-term because 
I got to be honest, I think we're in for a bumpy ride here. But uh, as always, we will keep bringing you updates on pure speculation. Go to strugglestate.com for more information. We will be posting this podcast. We will keep coming back with more articles relevant to the struggle that all of us face on a regular basis here in the United States of America. Until then, stay safe, everyone. And don't forget, the struggle is real.